Hello everyone, welcome to the Turnip Talk Show. Today we're going to be covering the MiG-23 UB crash that happened over Michigan on August 13th of this year. And if you're listening to this in the future, which God forbid you are, 2023. Anyways, so I'm not dead, I'm just not got a great voice to talk with. And that's where I've been. So the MiG-23... We're going to talk about the aircraft first, and then we'll go on to the Aviation Safety Network report. So the MiG-23 is the Russian equivalent of the F-14. The MiG-23 is a swing-wing design, but it is also single-engine. And the best way for you to find what a MiG-23 looks like is to look it up. It, it is, it's a J-8, or a J-7, no, it's a J-8 with swing wings that's the best you're going to get so on this aircraft it's a pretty powerful aircraft it can turn super tightly depending on how you fly it and it's it's got a extremely high thrust weight ratio so you can maintain speeds of uh, Mach 2 so the owner in this situation was a private dude some random guy I guess I don't know some rich dude who could afford a Russian Soviet jet Registration N23UB. Fatalities, there were none. There were two people on board. Aircraft damage, beyond repair. Unfortunate. Apparently, it's categorized as an accident. I don't believe that, but whatever. Um, sure, we'll call it an accident. So it was near Willow Run Airport in Belleville, Missouri. It was maneuvering for air show, firefighting, ops, whatever. The nature of the crash was an air show display crash. Departure from Detroit Willow and its destination was Detroit Willow. On August 13th, the MiG-23 UB, which was the two-seater version of the MiG-23, keep that in mind, tandem seat, it was destroyed and involved in an accident, blah, blah, blah. We've already heard of this. It was during the Part 91 air show exhibit, exi exhibition flight. Flight was performing Thunder Over Michigan Air Show. Held at Wilrow Airport. Why? YIP. Yisp. I'm not going to try and pronounce that because I'm going to mess it up. Somewhere in Michigan. The accident flight was scheduled to be the second to last act. The accident airplane was privately owned Russian design MiG-23, single turbojet engine with variable sweep wings, and variable sweep means they could be swept from normal to dart. So the pilot reported that the flight de departed from runway 23 at YIP following by a right turn to a banana pass, which is for those who don't know is a low level knife edge. And again, those who don't know, that's a 90-degree pass along runway 23. Following the pass, he started banking, and he noticed the afterburner did not ignite and the airspeed began to decrease. He brought the wings out, which is standard protocol, fully forward to 16 degrees. So, the reason you would do this is so you get the maximum out lift, because your wings are swept back for high speeds, but when you bring them out, you get your most maneuverability and you get the highest lift to weight ratio. When you go through, 16 degrees of wing sweep is very shallow in terms of how much they need to sweep. He began to troubleshoot the problem. 
He was actively troubleshooting when the rear seat observer stated that they needed to eject. The pilot reported that he was not ready to eject and was still troubleshooting, as he should. The airplane he maneuvered towards runway 27 at YIP when his ejection seat fired and he was out of the airplane. He stated that if either the occupant pulls the ejection handle, both seats eject. So it is staged. That sounded really not the way I intended. So the injection stages so that anyone can pull the ejection handle. The back seat guy goes out first and then the pilot goes out. The rear seat observer, who owned his own MiG-23, but he only owned, like, maybe they'll mention it. I think it was an ML. It was a single seat. The re <laughs> the rear seat observer stated that the airplane made a long pass along the runway. It was to go left for another pass, followed by a landing. The engine was not accelerating, according to him. Which, yeah, is not the greatest thing, but it it's a thing. He and the pilot had a brief discussion and began to climb up and gain altitude, which is what they should have done. They determined that they had some sort of engine problem and needed to get back on the ground. He stated they determined that they did not have sufficient altitude to make it to a runway, which they probably did not. But it's always nice to try because they might have, depending on the situation. 16 degrees of wing sweep without flaps. I don't know the exact um, wingspan of the MiG-23, but it's pretty big. I know that. So once you bring down flaps, I'd imagine it'd go farther, but I'm not a MiG-23 pilot, so I don't know. When asked if he had pulled the seat handles, he stated he could not specifically remember, but he thinks he would pull them. That's saying, I'm not going to admit it because I don't want to be accused of a crime, but I pulled them. That's what he said. Video evidence led that, that yes, there was a video. Um, don't have the video because audio podcast. Video evidence indicated the airplane was in the left bank when the ejection seats fired. The airplane continued in the left bank and descended onto the ground about one mile south of approach 27 at YIP. Wreckage path was about 600 feet long, heading 35 degrees. Post-impact fire explosion fuselage section that contained the tail surfaces and engine came to a rest adjacent to an apartment building. The remainder of the airplane was fragmented and distributed along the wreckage path. No reported injuries as of today. Why is this important? Well, it's terrifying because it's eerily similar to another crash that happened um, 10 or 12 years ago. When the guy ejected and his plane went into an apartment building and killed 7 people. I want to say it was the number, but probably more. And so, yeah. So, why did the backseat dude eject? Well, he apparently owned his MiG, his own MiG-23, allegedly. But, it's safe to say, he did own a MiG-23. He did have experience. Maybe he had more experience than the person up front. But in that scenario, why would he not be up front is the problem. That I would think of with him having more experience. So... What happened here is that along the runway, they took off, afterburner failed, 
Then the engine started deaccelerating. Scared the crap out of the guy in the back seat. While the dude was troubleshooting, he ejected. So, I personally think that the bat, the, I don't know what they are called in Russia. I know you could be a Wizzo or a Rio in America. Don't know what it is in Russia. But yeah, I, so the backseater, tandem seat, two seat, whatever we want, whatever we're going to call it. Rear seat ejected, which ejects both of them, but he did it without warning, which means the pilot was likely hunched over looking at his instruments trying to figure out the problem, troubleshooting, as he should have been in that scenario. The problem is, is that Russia, at least as far as the MiG-23 goes, does not have a system like the F-18 where it pulls your body into an ejection configuration. Russia, you have to get in that configuration before you eject. Or Soviet Union, I should say that. So, he ejected in a hunched over position. And that that's not good because... A, you could just break your neck. That's one thing that could happen. B, on his way out, his feet were probably still on the pedals. So, uh, thank God they didn't like hit the canopy ring or the... Uh, anything on the way out because that would have broken his feet and probably torn off his leg would have sent the ejection seat spiraling out of control he would have done a lot of things and then C he could have just like since he was leaned over he was going to like roll forward if he had not corrected himself which it didn't mention in here but I do remember uh, listening to his report he did have to like pull back the second he saw that he was outside of the aircraft, which is good, but due to physics and all that stuff with the way his center of gravity and where the engine was, that had he been any more farther forward, he likely would have hit his head on the canopy ring on his way out. Not the canopy that ejected, but the frontal canopy. And so in the MiG-23, what ejects is the center canopy phase because you have... You have the backrest, and then you have your main canopy, and that's what opens and closes. And then you have the frontal canopy, which stays there. That's where anything bulletproof is going to be. So that main canopy is going to jettison in the case of ejection. But there is a canopy ring on that frontal canopy with all the stuff. So had he hit that on his way out, yeah, that would have cracked his neck and probably, yeah, that would, no good, no good. That would not have been good at all. Then, it's also, it's also a pretty uh, resilient aircraft, the MiG-23 is, because it can take some insane maneuvers and just keep going. Like, I don't know, it's uh, impressive. For how old it is. But then you also got to think. If it's that old. And that technologically advanced. Not technologically. Physically advanced. How advanced. Of a scenario would it have to be. In order to crash. In that case it really makes your head think. And um. That report was really. Really short, so we're also going to talk about what aircraft you should buy if you want to buy an aircraft. That's a joke. 
not really. I'm probably going to do a five-minute sec- segment later. Just stay tuned for that. So the MiG-23 is meant to land on hard surfaces. That's what it was designed for. It was designed to be an all-terrain, all-weather, any condition. It was made with parts that could be found at the lowest of low-quality airports. Like, it was cheaper than... The parts were cheaper than Spirit Airlines. And that says something, because Spirit. The MiG-23 is designed to not land on flat terrain. It is designed to... It would be considered lucky if it landed on a smooth surface that would be called or considered even remotely considered a runway by any means of God and heaven on earth. There is not designed or it was designed to not have to need a runway. Like those things. All-terrain. I've spent two minutes talking about how it can land on any surface. I'm so accomplished of myself. And then we go into it. So, really, had they found that field, they would have easily have landed that. Especially had they had a functional drag shoot. Or drag shooter. However they say it nowadays, they change it. Easily could have landed. And the aircraft could have been salvaged. But no... The guy decided to endanger the life of the pilot and pull the handle when there was definitely very clear and decisive ways they could have troubleshooted that situation, mainly being engine engine battery one or engine battery off, APU on, and whatever the checklist is for uh, the MiG-23, just restart the engine, which... I saw the video, it's uh, basically a bunch of dudes on a lake, one's videoing the MiG-23 fly over in in a left hand bank with the wings out, and then suddenly you see the canopy go out, and the the backseat are ejected, and then the pilot eject, and it just goes and it curves into the ground. And so, that's, yeah, and it... Really, it looked like, I don't want to say anything because if it was filmed on an iPhone, it's going to look like it was 10,000 feet in the air at like 100 feet away because iPhone cameras are not good for faraway objects. You should really buy like a DLSR, a DSLR camera if you're going to do aerial photography or photography or planes, any photography, just buy one. It, it, just do it. But anyways,
Of course, you can't see mainly what's happening in the cockpit. You just see the seats come out, and it's kind of a blur because the camera's having to refocus. But, yes, you see the pilots eject. You can't tell what position they're in, but you see them eject. And then you see the aircraft arch over into the ground. What terrified me the most is the fact that not even that far above it, or below the plane, I guess, were apartment buildings. Lots of them. Don't want to say they were apartment buildings because it looked like just really nice houses, but whatever. And it was... I don't know how real estate goes, but I would imagine that you wouldn't just like leave uh, like a one acre out of every like hundred houses just in the in just in case a plane has to crash. I just don't think that's how it works. And so that they went through, and I, it, the video looked like they had some altitude, but they're probably only at like five hundred feet when they ejected. Still, I feel like, depending on how far you need to go, you could bring the flaps down and go far enough. But it really depends. But yeah, it's, so it's um definitely one of the crashes of all time. Luckily, no one was harmed. And if they were, they didn't get their money's worth because they didn't call their lawyers. That'd be a funny phone call. Hey, lawyer, my house exploded. And then they just find, like, an airplane tail. No, a MiG-23 crashed. Oh, my gosh. Anyways, that was probably not funny at all, but I, I we're keeping it. Screw it. And now we're introducing an all-new segment, a plane you should buy. This is a one-time thing, I'm assuming, because I'm probably not doing this again. Why you should buy the T-28. Yes, they sell those. Um, hundred grand on the cheaper end of aircraft nowadays, especially smaller aircraft and demilitarized ones that fly like fighter jets for propellers. It's fairly fuel efficient. It's made as a jet trainer, so it's going to fly like a jet. Meaning it operates like a jet, but it it's not a jet, so it's cheaper to maintain and all that. T-28 has two seats, tandem seats. You do not need two people to operate the airplane. Bonus. So, yes. It, it, great. You have a full, like, cargo bay type thing, which I can only imagine was meant for, like, weapons on, I don't know. I didn't read into that part. Maybe it was in fuel tank they converted, but it, it looked like a cargo bay where you can put your golf clubs and all that. For the price of a house, you can have your very own T-28 trainer aircraft, which is honestly not bad. Like, a hundred grand sounds like a lot, but compared to most aircraft, that's pretty cheap. That's actually... On average, for a small jet, sorry, propeller plane, not jet. Soy stupid. Anyways, so yeah, T-28, pretty cool aircraft. Never flown in one. Um, I'm not legally responsible for any mishaps or mispurchases that come by this aircraft being recommended. 
nor do I actually care if you buy this aircraft. I'm not getting paid for this. I just need to burn an extra, like, five minutes. Anyways. That was eventful. The MiG-23s. Really cool aircraft. Sad to see another one go. I don't know how many are left in the world. Hopefully there are still quite a few. Not to like be used in military service, but they are genuinely a cool aircraft. Because they predate the F-14, I believe. Yeah, they predate the F-14 in most cases. The F-14A. And really they're the original swing wing. Now, you really can't say America copied Russia with that design because it was like less than 10 years later, if that, they had their own F-14s to use. So, yeah, MiG-23, unique aircraft. It's unique body frame. It's fast. It pulls very hard. And you can turn tight. You can black out the, whoever's sitting in the back seat because they don't have a G-suit. You can do whatever with your MiG-23. Just like you can do whatever prope propellers will allow you to do in your T-28. Don't know where you should buy one of those. Don't know how you can buy one of those. I'm assuming you just gotta have a license and insurance. But it's way more complicated than that. Don't quote me on that, please. Anyways, that's this episode of the Turnip Talk Show. See ya.